0: Listening to the Taming Hinges Podcast, conversations about self awareness and mental health. We talk about anything and everything on the podcast, real experiences, real life. Come get triggered. Welcome to episode number 14 of the Taming Hindrances podcast. My name's Phil, and as always, I'm the host and creator of the podcast. And today's topic of discussion is identity. Uh, Along with identity, though, on the end of episode 13, I was talking about definitions. So this is kind of a combined one. We're going to talk about identity and definition. And the reason for that is because I want to look at the definitions for the words that revolve around identity. To give us a little bit better of an example of you know what we're really looking at when we talk about identity or we talk about personality um groups and traits and those types of things so let's kick it off here with just the definition of identity now i use merriam-webster's uh dictionary um or sometimes i use the oxford dictionary whatever dictionary you want to use go right ahead but merriam-webster's the one i use just because I like how they lay things out. That's really the honest answer to this is I like the way they lay things out. And I specifically like when a dictionary lays out multiple definitions for a word. Um, and you know, you can also look at synonyms and antonyms too. I like when that's all kind of put together because it's important. I've talked before about, you know, words and where they come from and how there can be some importance to that. And here specifically, I'm going to kind of bring that out a little bit. So let's start with identity as per Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Identity is the distinguishing character or personality of an individual, which links to individuality. Now there are other definitions, but we're just going to take the top level definition here for identity, but we're going to move this into um, identification. So, You know, we have identity and that gives us individuality. And if we want to take that step first, let's go into individuality and what they call that. Total character peculiar to and distinguishing an individual from others leads to personality. These are kind of like the, you know, the clinical definition, clean cut, that kind of stuff. But let's move into identifications because that's really where we can see this step into more broader definition. So if we get into just the top layer definition for identification, we get an act of identifying. So we talked about identity. So this is the act of identifying, the state of being identified, um, evidence of identity. Okay, well, so it's like an action, right? Let's take one step down from that. Psychological orientation of the self in regard to something, such as a person or group, with a resulting feeling of close emotional association. Ooh. Okay. So, when we step away from identity, we get into you know we can we can have identity, but we can do identi- we can identify someone or something. That's identification, but the identification of an identity can somewhere revolve around the idea of a psychological orientation of self in regard to something with a resulting feeling of close emotional association. Well, I argue this a little bit and here's why. I argue this a little bit because when we look at individuality, the total character peculiar to and distinguishing an individual from others, we get personality. So it's almost like identity is this kind of mixed up, uh, this mixed up world of are we identifying with this? Are we identifying personally? Are we, you know, what is it? Well, that's why I think it's an important piece of self-awareness It's so important. I've kind of put it in place here as one of those culmination points. The last culmination point we had was episode number seven when we culminated the first six episodes into what I call reality or the the way in we interact with the materium around us. And the culmination there was of the idea of mental health and self-awareness when broken down into education, belief, language, relationship, relationships, emotions, and that kind of all coalesced into reality. Well, now let's take the next six and we're going to coalesce that into identity here. So we have choices, which we know correlate to change, and then the direction of change, perspective, mysteries, or the mystery schools, or the universal truths and laws and those types of things, systems in which we might find that, or systems as a whole, then truth, which was last episode where I was talking about definition towards the end. All of these culminates into our identity or who you are or maybe what you are. So it's a very dangerous game to play when we play the identity game because we've been doing it for years. We've been doing it from the dawn of civilization is to identify as or to be a part, have a part of your identity be subjected into a group. And by doing so, I would argue that we lose our personal identity. So before I go too far into that idea, I do want to step back and give you the definition of definition, because I think there's something interesting to glean here. In the Miriam's webster Dictionary, there's, you know, we always have the top level, like I say, like they usually bullet point them out as like one, two, three, or the most standardized uh, definitions to use. And then if you dig a little deeper, which you should do in everything you do, don't just use the first page of DuckDuckGo or Google, stop using Google, start using DuckDuckGo, there's another one, you know, use the second, third page or, you know, reference points, dig a little deeper, right? So if we dig a little deeper into the full definition of definition, there's a statement of a statement expressing the essential nature of something. The essential nature of something. For anyone who's ever opened a business, been involved with businesses, specifically small business, And even at a higher level, it changes a little bit more of a higher level. They kind of, it comes and goes with marketing, but in business, there's this, this terminology known as a statement of purpose and a statement of purpose is designed to give a quick, usually one, maybe two sentences of stating what the company's all about, what they're there to do. That's what a statement of purpose is. And that statement of purpose is a definition of their essential nature. So when we look at definition, the definition of definition, we come up with this idea of a statement expressing the essential nature of something. Well, if we step back, you know, I was talking about how there's a, there's a fine line in identity between identity of a group or an individual. And if we just look at individuality, we're left with the total character peculiar to and distinguishing an individual from others. They define that as personality. That's kind of where it leads to a little bit deeper, a separate or distinct existence. Well, that's where definition comes in, right? So if we look at a definition of ourselves as an individuality, we get a separate or distinct existence, and that's where we need a statement expressing the essential nature of something, who you are essentially, what you are, what you stand for. Sometimes we talk about these in morals and ethics, but it goes a little bit beyond that. It goes a little bit beyond just, you know, our own mental faculties of moral and ethical choices but to our like daily grind of how you interact with others. It's kind of part of your personality. It's kind of part of your individuality. But when we look at identification and how things get identified, it's more of a group aspect. It's more of a, it's an association between other people and a group. Again, the 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 definition here is psychological orientation of the self in regard to something, in regard to something. So identification has to come from perspective. We talked about perspective before and that perspective is where we get our individuality. Where we get our individual identity. So let's leave the, leave the definitions behind here for a bit and look at, Identity when we're talking about the psychological orientation to a group, right? Identification. Because I think a lot of times people say, I identify as, and that's them giving up their identity. I think there's a dangerous game being played here. I think when we give up anything, remember when I talked about, you know, if we give people control over our choices, we give people control over our beliefs or our languages or we let others control our um, emotions, we let them control our reality. If, if we let them control our choices, we let them control our change. And then we're you know we're stuck in a, a non-perspective piece. We give them control of our perspective. This is where if you give up your identity by identifying to the group, you're now the group. You're not yourself, you're the group. And the group gets to make choices for you. And then we get mob rule and we get social... Uh, I don't even want to go that deep into it, but you get into like social media as a whole, right? Are you an individual on social media or are you someone participating in social media? Which is it? Well, typically when we talk about marketing, we talk about how if you're given something for free, you're the product. You are the product. If something is given to you for free, you're the product. So it begs the question, you know, I know others have talked about how poisonous social media can be and I go one step further, stop using it, stop using social media. If you truly want to know who you are and you really want to get a firm grasp as to like who you are as a person, stop going on social media, stop using it. You don't need it. I get that some people connect through you know, with other people through it and that's important to them. Get their numbers, start text messaging them and say, just say, Hey, like, listen, I don't, I can't be using Facebook right now. I need to, I still want to keep in contact with you. Can we email? Can we just text for a while? Maybe I'll come back. But really stop using social media because social media takes out identity, takes out the individualism known as you, who you are. You're not you on social media. You are some corrupted, stupid, bullshit, peasantry idea of non-self-aware projection. Most people, not just on social media, but also across the internet, internet, anecdotally, remember, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm just an idiot on the internet, I can't diagnose or prescribe, do your own research, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But what I have found anecdotally from the very beginning, now I was maybe blessed or cursed, whatever you want to call it. Remember, I don't like to put connotation on things, but I was around when the internet first came into fruition. And I was at an age where there was the wuchi of no internet. There was the, the point period before there was this thing known as intranet and the DARPA net. And then that coalesced into colleges using it for trade of information back and forth and uh, intranet, which is internal documentation systems to becoming the internet or the world wide web and the HTTPS protocols and all this other stuff that went into it. There's a lot there to unpack. But before that there were things like pay phones and uh, rotary dial phones and um, snail mail. There was just normal mail pen pals and, you know, bringing your homework home and taking it to school every day and, there was all this different stuff that we did that had nothing to do with the internet. And when the internet came around, the first thing that came about was forums or places to, places to talk about stuff. And I think I've talked about before when we're talking about the mystery schools and systems, that's not a true representation of what forum is. It was close. It started out very close. It's gotten much more corrupted as it's gone. But the idea of an online forum was supposed to be the idea of, of the forum from antiquity, from old school philosophical teachings where an individual of note or an individual, uh, uh, at least an expert level, or at least a level above the masses in the forum would speak in front of the forum and anyone could object and anyone could question. And it was a, it was a conversation. So we've it's massively gone away from that. And then we had things like Zanga and MySpace for anybody who remembers those. And then we got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and then you know it just accelerated from there. And throughout each piece of this, I watched as people, including myself, I did it, gave up individuality and started progressing into identification in groups. At first, for those who remember, we had Zanga and MySpace. There were certain people who only use Zanga, and certain people who only use MySpace. Before that, there were certain people that only used certain forums. And today, even to this day, a forum is still a, a association to a group in which people typically don't talk about anything that's off topic. Or if they do, that whole section of the forum is placed in a place that says off topic, you know, conversation, and it's sometimes unmoderated or, you know, they just, it just kind of gets left alone, but it's forums were specifically designed to have a topic of discussion. There's very little open forum. And even if there is people, it's not, not that idea of a a real open forum. I'll digress a bit. That loss of individuality due to, I don't even want to call it social media. I just want to call it the internet is where we see Little fishes in little ponds going into tiny microbes in giant oceans, okay? You used to have an identity inside of your your own community that, yeah, maybe it sucked. Mine was kind of shitty. My siblings did stupid stuff in school and the teachers remember that. And then they got me and you know, anyone who has had siblings and been in the same school system has probably been something through, through something similar and you get judged upon what your siblings did or even your parents or, you know, that was the, the economical and social ramifications and educational ramifications of the family unit inside the society in which they lived in. That all went out the window when the internet came around. Then it was all of a sudden just, you know, you went from, maybe you were the big fish in the little pond or you were the little fish in the little pond and everything just got shoved into the ocean and everything just got so much smaller. And that's when people started to lose their identity. I, I wholeheartedly believe that the internet destroyed the individual identity of a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of culture in general. Was some of it for the best? Sure. Was some of it not? Sure. Remember, No connotation. I'm not saying the internet's a bad thing or a good thing. It was just a thing, and it's something we have to navigate. The invention of the internet, like all other inventions in the history of humanity, and we are an invention culture, we are a species that relies on technology to survive. All of the inventions from the very beginning till now were just something we had to navigate. So Is there a book on how to navigate these things? No, it's something everyone has to figure out for themselves. And you can take every self-help course and you can take every, you know, you can read every documentary or blog or blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on. You can listen to this stupid podcast. The list goes on and on and on of different ways to figure out how to navigate all this. But the reality is you have to figure it out. You have to find a way to navigate all this bullshit. We used to do that with social and peer pressure. Well, it's not social and peer pressure anymore. It's devastating gravitational metric of force comparative to just going to school and being the odd duckling out, all right? Now, you know, I was the fat kid and got made fun of, and I became quiet, introverted. I was always kind of that way. That was what I went through, and then the internet made it worse. And then now you look at kids, and you expect them to have any chance, zero chance. get zero chance, zero chance because no one wants to sit a child down or not even just a child. I don't really do well with children. I don't produce content for children. An adolescent, an 18 year old, a 19 year old going into college, maybe someone just graduating college all the way up until like 30, which is when most people stop giving a fuck, which is the whole point. You are left with this situation that no one is willing to tell you. You just got to figure it the fuck out. So I'm here to tell you that you got to figure it out. You have to find a way to figure out your piece of identity because they've all taken it away from you. All the social media, mainstream media, media in general topics, discussions, that book you read in fourth grade, the book you read in 12th grade, the stupid you know essay you had to write in college for that crappy creative writing class or the great um, debates you were having in some maybe political social science class. Or the workplace discussion that you were having because you didn't go to college, which is my, my take. Don't do that. Just go to work. And you had to, you know, deal with that shitty boss or the great mentor you met who wasn't really trying to be a mentor, but you know, you kind of took them on as that. Anyway, all of these things are stealing away your identity because no one ever taught you, you needed to have one. You have to have some sort of structure of identification that has nothing to do with the group in order to interact with them. Because if you don't, you're no longer you, you're the group. And that's where you give away your identity. And we have to stop doing this, this is a terrible thing to do to give away your identity. It's not a terrible thing to identify with the group and associate with them. That's okay. As long as you're not picking stupid groups to associate with. And that's all personal decision and conjecture. And I'm not here to tell you which one to you can go make bad decisions. I don't care about that. That's not my problem. You know, I'm not going to get into the conversation on pronouns and, and all that stuff because it doesn't matter to me. If I need to respect you and you have a specific pronoun you want me to use, I'll respect you and use it. If I don't respect you, I don't care. And I specifically don't care if you didn't tell me up front what pronoun I was supposed to use. It's not my problem. It's your problem. You let them take away your identity and now you have to try to get it back. That is the use of a pronoun. A use of a pronoun, if you are so stuck on that idea, and it's okay if you are. If you are, it means you're fighting for your identity. And I, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm, that's a great idea. You should do that. But if you're so ingrained in the conversation of pronouns and all the other stuff that I, I, I'm not going to get into at this point, you've given up your identity. You lost. So I talk, I talk a lot about being a martialist and part of being a martialist, and I, I believe I've brought this up in other cases, I learned a lot about warfare. And one of the things you learn about warfare when you, you, know, you read the books and you go into the philosophy of warfare, everything's warfare. All warfare is is a mental exercise. That's it. It starts as a mental exercise. So getting into the conversation of pronouns and what people want to identify as that's a war and it all starts in the mind. I come at it from a different perspective because the best way to fight a war is not to fight. Don't start the war. You don't have to fight it. So when it comes to those types of identification structures, it's up to the individual. It's not up to me. I don't get to decide that for them. It's not my job. It's not my place. And I don't care. What I do care about though is telling you, you got to figure this shit out for yourself. That's the whole point by getting into the argument with anyone else. It means you've given up your identity and now have to reclaim it. And if you got to do that, you got to do that. But it's the fact that a lot of people have given up their identity to begin with and haven't realized it. If you have to argue with someone about how you describe yourself, these are descriptive terms, people, this is language if you have to get into an argument over it, you, you already lost. You already, you now have to fight the war and that it will go on and on and on and on because wars are fought and won through the hearts and minds, right? That's almost all modern warfare. And to some case, ancient warfare is the hearts and minds method. Does it work all the time? Yes. And no, it usually takes a really long time to get the hearts and mind method to work, but it's all informational warfare. All modern warfare is informational warfare. You can argue that we've been through multiple different wars that we're all just information based and it's constant and it's ever present. And that's one of the specific reasons you need an identity is because an identity is a filter. In some cases, it's a way of understanding informational pieces. It's a way of building perspective. It's a way of choosing the language we want to use. It's a way of understanding our belief structures or places in which we maybe need to educate ourselves more. So it's a, it's a a part of building reality. If we want to look at a more, you know, as above, so below, if we want to look at a more hierarchical view here, when I talk about the correlation of things that build our reality, identity is deciphering the reality. I get to choose what I like, what I like to do. That's all great, but I also have to define Remember, a specific statement of you know to support an idea here. I have to define my identity. I do that specifically, as I talked before, through my understanding of my depression. That is my filter. I identify as a very depressed individual. Just probably should take very off that. A depressed individual who is in full control of their depression. That's how I identify. That's my identity. I see the world through this scope that I know is my depression. I'm very aware of it. I know how it works. I know the interactions of it. I also identify as someone who's very comfortable with medical stuff. You know, I'm a licensed massage therapist, but I also have a deep-rooted understanding of the human body, its processes, how things are chemical, you know, how the endocrine system works and like that whole suffering feeling you might be going through or the the lethargic state you'd be going through or the elation state of too much dopamine and serotonin. I understand that there's a chemical process behind that. I also understand this isn't necessarily my body. It's just a community of organisms that I get to control like some AI robot. It's pretty fun. So that's, my deeper understanding of my identity. And I tweak it every once in a while and I change it every once in a while when I change my education level or I change my belief structure or the language I'm using, the vernacular I I choose to have that day. You know, identity, you know, isn't set in stone. There are certain parts of people that are unwavering, absolutely. And that's a strong part to look at someone's identity. If you look at someone who is like, Always trying to be morally and ethically right, or maybe someone who's just like so adamant about not eating Brussels sprouts. I don't know. Those are identity sticking points, and those are those are resolute pieces. And if we look at resolute pieces inside an identity, that's where we can find some pieces that separate us from the group that get rid of that identification. And those are the important pieces I like to look at when I get to know new people, because it gives you a better understanding of who they are. Someone who identifies to me using an identification, you know, again, their relationship with the group and doesn't give me the piece of them that defines why that exists is someone I know who is wavering and can typically easily be manipulated. I know this because I've done it. Subterfuge is something I learned very young. Lies work on people when they don't know a how to lie and b what a lie is to them, we get that gray area, right? People like to say, "Oh, you know, I was it was a white lie. It was, it was in the gray area. I was trying to do no harm. I was trying to I was trying to help them out. I was trying to be you know be polite or you know or oh, I was really trying not to lay that on them like that. It's all bullshit. It's all conjecture, and it comes from a standpoint of." identification to a group, right? We can make excuses for anything. It's super easy. Once you understand language and information and statistics specifically, you can, you can twist and turn things into whatever you want. That's what marketing is. That's why people get paid millions of dollars to come up with fancy terms and fancy sayings to give a defined statement a purpose for a product or an individual when we're talking about, you know, politics and those things and politics as a whole is a whole identification. I'm just going to say a, a bullshit. Nothing inside of politics is individual. Nothing. If you want to define yourself as Republican or Democrat, I'd ask you to define what a Republican is and what a Democrat is. Because if you can't define those things in your own words, you are not those things. Instead, your identity has now been coerced into the identification of a party system that gets to define whatever the fuck they want to be. Democrats today and Republicans today are not Democrats from even five years ago, 10 years ago. They're not Republicans from 15 years ago. They are not those things. They are what the party is today and how the party associates itself Today, and that is led by a group of people and not an individual. And this is why I think identity is so important. It's so important to know how you identify yourself. Who are you? What do you stand for? What pisses you off? What is like a a hard no? Okay, like what are these things to you? I have gone through many revolutions of that idea, and I'm here to say that's okay to do. You can change it as you go. Some things you get older and you're just like, eh, it's really not that bad. Why was I so, you know, why was I so much of a stickler on that? You know, you can, you waver or you find out, no, I'm, I'm really hard against that. Like I've I've just come up with new information I've, I've gotten real information or real truths. Remember last episode, we were talking about truths. and you've now redefined some things that you're maybe just like more adamant about or you really understand at a better level. Going back to talking about ignorance, ignorance is fine. As long as it's not willful, you cannot be willfully ignorant. That's not okay in any way. But if you're ignorant to begin with, and it's not a byproduct of anything you did, you just weren't educated. You didn't have a piece or a fact. there was something you didn't know about. That's fine, but you need to then use that information to no longer be ignorant and create a new identity. Every time we learn something new, we're we're a new person. We're we're a new identity. Things are constantly changing. Remember, change and how that comes about with chaos and order and destruction and creation. The primordials are always in effect. So if they're always in effect, if, if the mystery schools and religions and philosophy as a whole and just ways of thinking in general have taught us that no matter what we do, there will be change, and that change is coalesced by outside forces that maybe we have no control over but can understand to a, a certain degree then we are required by universal law of balance although balance is always found in asymmetry to come up with a system inside of ourselves to interact with that that's your identity that's it whatever that system is that you use to interact with the world that's your identity And if that system is throw a blanket over your head, turn on your favorite TV show, binge watch six episodes, order Chinese, and just not deal with the world for a little while. Okay. It's a system. As long as it works for you, that's your identity and it's fine. And contrary to popular belief, you don't have to hide it. Maybe you don't want to talk about it. I get it. You're like me. You're just a very personal individual. You don't like to share a lot with a lot of individuals. That's fine. I know that's a contraindication because I do this podcast, but to a degree, I, I don't share a lot about myself, specifically when I meet people in person. But if you have that system and you don't want to share it, that's fine. But at least there is that system because a lot of people don't share it. working in a bar. You learn a lot about people, you know, and specifically working out as a bouncer, a bartender is usually busy mixing drinks and trying to chit chat this, and they just don't, you know, they don't have time to interact as a bouncer. I get to watch and I get to listen specifically listen. And you learn, yes, people are very different. There's a lot of similarities out there that a lot of people don't want to talk about because they're hidden because we don't think they're socially acceptable or maybe they make us look a certain way. I'd argue that the identity of an individual gets left at home on most occasions. Your true identity of who you really are, you leave at the door when you leave for work. You You leave on the couch when you get up and put on whatever shoes you're going to put on for that day. You know, they have that saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Okay, that's great, sure. But like, I'd ask a different question or a different statement. What shoes did you put on today? Because clothing, just as an option, accessories, how you did your hair, hair color, the fact you wear glasses, all of these outside influences they have a huge effect on our identity when we step out into public when our home door closes behind us and we go out into the world we're putting on an air of an identity that we want other people to see a lot of people use masks i use masks all the time i still do to, i used to and i still do to this day when i go to work it's professional massage therapy film i'm a licensed massage therapy uh, massage therapist i have to act and conduct myself in a certain manner Typically at the highest level of professionalism I can possibly muster for the day, and it's usually pretty fucking high, that's how I interact with people. In the break room, even still, with my coworkers, just in walking to and from my car to get to the building. Professionalism. It's just how I act. It's part of the process in which I do. Okay? That's, that's just how I am. And I've done that in just about every job I've ever had. And I've also watched other people at jobs that you can just tell they don't care or they don't want to be there. And so they, they, they get rid of the professionalism and they're just whatever they want to be is one right. And one not again, no connotation. I don't care. The conversation is what's the identity because people don't think about it, but they think about it all the time. People rarely put in the time to discuss and define their identity but they're constantly thinking about it in reference from a different perspective. They're looking at it from the group and not from themselves. So if we go back to the definitions, I said we were going to get away from it for a little while. Now we got to step back. We got to go back into the definitions, right? So identification, psychological orientation of the self in regards to something such as a person or group, with a resulting feeling of close emotional association. I'd argue. That a lot of identification nowadays comes from the perspective of what are they thinking about me? Are they watching me through my windows? Should I pull the shades? Um, do I? Am I? Am I going to be embarrassed here when I get out of the car? You know, how do I look? How's my hair? What am I wearing? Did I wear the right outfit? Are they judging me? What are they? How are they judging me? What are they thinking about me? It comes from that perspective. It doesn't come from the personal perspective. This is the dangerous game of identity. Again, when we give our identity up to the masses, to the group, we're no longer an individual. We're the group personified. And then we're very easy to manipulate. We're very easy to get caught up into things. You can watch this as sports games constantly. You get to the stadium. I don't do sports. So if I get this wrong, I'm sorry. But I watch it kind of happen at the bar when I watch people watch the sports games. People associate with the team and then they are, they're the, they're a fan of that team. They are whatever team's playing. They're a fan of it. Okay. They're the, the extra person on the field or the, you know, whatever it is. I don't play sports. They even do it. I used to watch it when, you know, doing the, with fighters, people associate themselves, even if they don't know anything about fighting, they'll get there or they'll watch watched on TV and they'll pick a fighter be like, oh, I like the one with the blue shorts. Or, you know, I, I like the chick with the ponytail. You know, Oh, I like the way she did her hair to get ready for the fight. You know, oh, I like her mouthpiece. Just stupid stuff like that. They might not even know anything about the fighters. They will pick one and they will root for that fighter. And then, then they associate themselves with the other people around them rooting for that fighter. And then when things are going great, yeah, we get cheerful. And when things are going bad, we get mad. And all of a sudden our emotions are no longer ours. They're the groups. And however, the groups goes about the emotional wave. We catch on to that emotional wave and maybe it makes it fluctuate more than so than we're used to. And that's where you can find an individual who's given up their individualism. Now they're identifying as the group and maybe it gets them into an uncomfortable situation because they're not used to these types of emotional swings or they're not used to maybe the types of emotions they're feeling. And you can have both effects there. You can have great effects where you get someone who's not used to elation or, or that dopamine rush of cheer and joy and excitement. And you put them in a situation where the team is winning or the individual, the, the sports player or fighter or whatever you want to call it their their person or their team, their group is doing great. And they get these, these jubilation feelings and these, this high dopamine serotonin rush and adrenal cortex activation, norepinephrine, and excitement and, It feels good to them. Then when it all goes away, the roller coaster ride is over and they take a huge dip the other direction and it becomes crushing to them. This is temporary withdrawal, right? You've had a huge chemical reaction and storm inside the body. and Then you fall out of it because you got caught into the identification of the, of the group. And some people aren't ready for that. Vice versa. People who aren't used to feeling down, or, or not used to feeling, you know, those types of situational endocrine system cortisol levels, stress levels, going through there is getting stressed. You know, the hormones are kind of wonky, getting out of balance. Dopamine levels are falling because our team's losing. Our serotonin levels have leveled off now, and we're getting into this kind of lethargic. But our cortisol levels are high, so like, we're not feeling like just chill and relaxed. We're feeling. Trust and angry. Oh, now all of a sudden anger comes out because we don't know any other way to deal with this. And we get this, you know, this physical buildup and maybe we need to express that in some way. And we're not someone that's usually like that. So we don't know what to do. And now we're just confused and it's, it's, it's dangerous, right? It's, it, we don't know. Maybe it's not dangerous on a level of what I consider real danger or real emergency, but it's, it's weird and, and awkward and we dwell on it then afterwards and it just continues on and on. And, and now all of a sudden, it all got changed because we associated with the group and we gave away our identification and our identity to the group. And you got stuck in that. I'm not saying don't go to sports games. I'm not saying don't involve yourself with groups. You have to be aware of what's going on when you do that though. It's totally all right to get caught up in the moment. Humans are weird like that. We get these chemical storms, and emotions come out, and we do weird stuff with emotions. We scream or yell or cheer or jump or you know high five or or we you know we regress and we you know we hide and we you know do those types of things. It, everyone's different. Everyone's different identity. When you don't understand your identity, it's really hard to come back to a baseline when you're dealing with these things, and a lot of the time it leads to what I would consider again, remember I don't like connotation, but poor interaction. And what I mean by poor interaction is we get someone who might really like something they really enjoy it. And then when you add it to the group setting, they don't like it anymore. And instead of just deciphering, Oh, I just don't like doing this in a group. I like doing this in my personal time or my own personal way. They associate the feeling of the group and not liking that with their identity, and then they stop liking something, or they withdraw from it from a, a period of time. So I've had the experience of going to a con, a convention, and I went to an anime con, uh, one of the big ones on the East Coast years ago. I think it was 2011. Don't quote me on that. But I went to a large anime convention, and it was the first big convention I've ever, like one that I actually like had an interest in. I'd, I'd been to like another convention setting, but it was more of like an informational convention. Whereas this was more of like a group of people that shared the same interests as me. Cool. But I hate groups and I don't like being in large group settings. And I was also cosplaying. Um, for those of you who don't understand, cosplay, costume play, cosplay is when you dress up as your favorite characters and you go and you just interact with others. And it's, it's a good time. It's, I find it kind of fun. I did it once. Great time. Did it for like three days at this big convention. Oticon was the convention for uh, those who might be familiar with it. And it was this interesting interaction of a bunch of people all in one place who shared my interest at the level in which we all decided to correlate together. But we're all so vastly different. And it's such a kind of a, it was a niche, still this kind of niche idea of Hey, there's this anime thing, and like there's a room full of stuff you can buy. It's anime characters and drawings, and there's panels of people talking. I got swept up into um, a photo-taking opportunity, like just a bunch of people who shared interest in the anime. I was of one of the characters I was dressed up in, and we all took pictures together. It was just like this real interesting thing, but at the same time, I was in the identity perspective of I hate groups. I don't like being in large gatherings. I don't even like. Being in like bodies of large <laughs> gatherings, like the city, ugh, I can't stand it. I hate being walking around the city. It's not that I hate the city, kind of hate the city, but it's, I don't like being around that many people. It's too many things for me to pay attention with. And back then specifically, it was a little bit of a, a sensory, like overwhelming. Cause I'm, I came from a background of being a bouncer and, and, paying attention to every little interaction because those are the things I have to look for. My mind just works that way. So I can like see like, Oh, that person is this emotional state. And I'm a little bit of an empath and a sympath. And you know, my empathetic and sympathetic nature comes out of like, I forget what the word they used to put that together. It's not just empath. It's something else. Um, but I can see like, Oh, like this group, they're not getting along too great or, Oh, they're definitely smoking weed over there. Oh, they have, alcohol. That's like, I just pick out these things and it's constant. So I went to this convention, but I had the identity of like, I knew I don't like groups. So when we all got done the convention, I won't get into the whole story, but we all got done. The individuals who got me involved mentioned that there's this thing called um, con withdrawal, which is like when you're done three days of like barely sleeping, interacting with all these people, doing what you, something you actually like and something you actually enjoy in a setting in which everybody shares the same interests as you, so you don't feel ostracized in any way. You feel very inclusive. You get done that, and then you go home and you're just like, oh, it's over. I want I want that back. I want so they warned me about calm withdrawal. I, knowing I'm not a group person, kind of saw that coming to myself. I knew ahead of time. So I watched some of the other individuals that I was with kind of go through that calm withdrawal but I was very much at a point where I knew I'm probably going to be like watching anime and then like thinking about the convention. I caught it early enough that I didn't just like stop watching anime. And I, because I I now associate with that group idea. Yeah. I had a great time, but like I had had enough of the whole group scene. I was just, even with like the people I was there with, I was just like, I've had enough of all of you. I'm sure you've had enough of me just not i'm not that big public person so my identity and being strong inside of knowing my identity as, as that introverted person kept me from having that experience that i've seen before where people go do something like that even if it's like a sports team or a sports outing and then they come back from it and they associate the group setting that identification with their personal identification as their identity and then they eliminate the interest in something and they never do it ever again because their identity got coerced into the identification of the group. And that was kind of a a weird out there situation. I'll give you another one, maybe to give a, a better quicker example, music, specifically concerts. You'll never get me to go to a concert. Not my thing. Been to one great modest Yahoo concert. Cool concert, fun time. I hated being there. Really liked Modest Yahoos and his, you know, music and stuff and that kind of thing. But like, there was a differentiation I could tell of the music and the live performance, which I thought was really cool. But the group, I didn't trust anybody there. Yeah, we all had the same interest in this artist, but like, there wasn't cohesion And I watched people kind of like get caught up in the group thing. And I could see why people would like that. But I definitely had a negative association to that. And when I got home, I was kind of like, again, I could have associated that bad setting with music as a whole. Modesty, I was an artist, you know, his genre of music or, you know, that type of thing. Instead, I had the identification piece of, oh, my identity just doesn't fit the group setting. I don't go to concerts. That was the answer. I just don't go to concerts. I don't like concerts as a whole, not that I don't like music or a certain artist, I just don't like concerts. Or if I do have to go to a concert, I'm definitely like the all the way in the back or the all the way upstairs, the private location, watching with binoculars, maybe that type of thing. So, those are the identification pieces I'm talking about when we, we talk about the the association between are you identifying as, as, as the group? Have you given your identification up to the group and are thus caught up in that whole co- coercion and kind of BS point? Or are you able to identify yourself and then thus root yourself in those identification pieces that are truly who you are and use that or... You know, as we talked about last episode, your truth and use that then to associate with a group, but not get caught up in the group. I think it's very important for self-awareness or mental health in general, going back to what we we're talking about with social media to almost do like an elimination diet, you know, in the health world, sometimes we'll do an elimination diet to figure out what might be wrong with someone who got by them, allergies all sorts of different answers there, but if you start eliminating groups that you associate yourself with on a regular basis for a short amount of time, you might find that those groups are coercing your identity. Again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but it might be a way to find sticking points that are more you than the group. And the reason I bring this up over and over again as I am right now. Again, repetition is another real skill. Failure is its father. Hopefully I've, I've failed to bring you on board here a couple of times and then eventually got it. But is it's really important for me to tell you don't lose yourself. A lot of people have, and I watch people do it constantly, and there's no way to help someone who loses themselves. They have to figure it out on their own. So what I was talking about in the beginning. You have to figure this out on your own. You have to find a way to interact with the world around you because there's no option of not. Somewhere in the equation of, I need fuel, I need shelter, I need water, which means I probably need income. It's got the whole idea of living has gotten so complicated that it's daunting and tedious nowadays but also the separation of the grind and the churn is nearly impossible. And it's definitely impossible if you don't know yourself, because if you lose yourself, it's really hard to get that back nowadays. And that's why I think self-awareness and it's specifically the understanding of this idea of mental health is a, is a a really important piece that's continuously building itself. Mine. And I think others, almost everyone, that's where the idea is built in. And that's where the idea of depression comes from. So if mental health is looked at, like we look at normal health and we look at, homeostasis right the identity of homeostasis is everything's copacetic everything's balanced the way it's supposed to be even though we use asymmetry to do it but it's it's all working correctly depression in my opinion is not outside of homeostasis I've talked before about duality triality how everything's actually really triality not just duality depression is a measurement point of all these other things. We clinically call it depression when we are in a poor, what they consider poor mental health situation, which would mean that we are out of homeostasis. And that may be true for the systems of the body, but I separate the mental health situation from that. I do that because if we look back at, old medicine systems, there has always been in our, what we now consider archaic medical systems, a separation of three pieces, the physical, the spiritual, and the mental. And the mental has always kind of been the link between the physical and the spiritual. And I don't believe everyone needs to be spiritual or have some spiritual belief. I believe you need to have an understanding of what that actually is what it entails because it's going to be different for everybody. And that's an identity piece. So that's where I think if we look at identity, we can specifically get into things. Like if you look at um, Paracelsus and some of the, I'll just use the alchemists and their methodology for self-healing. We go back into like witchcraft and what's deciphered there as with witchcraft, which is really a, how do I explain this without getting, I might have to make this this whole episode, but the processes in which we use herbs or other healing substances is where we get the association of sorcery, witchcraft, and all of those historical records of individuals outside of what's considered the, I don't want to say the norm because it's not the norm. The dialect, the narrative, let's call it that people outside the narrative of the times got associated to these fringe ideas known as witchcraft, sorcery, what then pagans got shuffled out. Like it used to be everywhere was pagan or had some idea of a a multi- system of beliefs and structures. And then that got shuffled to the outside. Things have always kind of gotten pushed to the fringe. And again, we're going back to identity here and identification in the group. Individuals that got pushed down to the fringe and were then associated to those groups lost their individual identity because it was taken away from them. And the only way they could keep it was to continue practicing. And they continued practicing a specific set of methodologies in whatever system, again, maybe you have to work inside the system, whatever system they were taught or learned or created. And one of those processes, if we get back into like the alchemists and those types of things, homeostasis was an idea of the, the body, the physical system and all of its interactions could have homeostasis. There were different, ideas of homeostasis in the mind and the spiritual side too. And that's why I bring that up because it's only very recently without within the last 150 years, maybe 200, those three pieces have all just been boiled down into a physical. and we've lost the statements involving the mind and the statements involving the spiritual. Or those of what we consider higher energies, if you want to get into that terminology, and we we associated them with quackery and witchcraft and woo woo and voodoo and what we now associate with non plausible plausible or real medicine. And it's just not true. There are countless anecdotal references of someone who so adamantly believes something, be it in their belief structures, be it them religious, dogmatic or not, that they had a mental and physical interaction. And I believe that is one of the ways you can so specifically define an identity, you can't take it away from them, right? You Like, they had such unresolvable, unrelenting belief in something that the mental state known as the placebo effect in modern medicine created a physical interaction with the physical human systems. And that may or may not have had something to do with a higher energetic form or spiritual body process. Who knows? No one's doing research to find out. So I can't really tell you one way or the other. But I can tell you that is a perfect example of full, adamant, true identity that was unwavering and couldn't be broken. And it had an effect on one of the three major systems of what was considered real real health. So when I talk about depression, I take it out of the homeostasis for the human body, the, the physical form. And it's more so a mental faculty of the mental state, which again, there was no, there's not really a, a specific homeostasis for the mental state because the mental state is the interaction between the physical and the spiritual. And that creates a mental health structure. And that's why we can see instances, not to get it too much into psychology of where we see like people breaking down and maybe it was a physical interaction that caused a breakdown or an ideology or belief structure or a spiritual idea that broke them. And then we get psychosis and we get different other mental ailments that come from that. But it was that interaction. So I look at depression as a tool, right? I look at it as a tool of measurement for mental identity. Am I feeling lethargic because... My multivitamin intake is off. you know. Is, is my supplementation off? And that's why I'm feeling this way mentally. Is, is it a chemical process? Is it a physical process? Or is it outside of my realm of control, maybe in a spiritual radiation process? You know, if we just look at side reel or exo, remember exo so outside, side reel is everything off the planet. Is the sun going through some weird phase in which I'm getting bombarded with, solar radiation to a level that I'm not used to dealing with and thus then having a physical interaction that's throwing my mental state off. That's where I use the term and idea of depression is in that measurement system. Depression by nature in psychology is given the connotation of a negative situation when really it's a measurement, right? You measure if someone's depressed. We can do that through chemical interactions and measuring their you know, chemical system and how it's working. We can do it through um, counseling and, and those types of interactions of discussion to see where they are, mental states of their association, disassociation, and those types of things. But the reality is depression is a measurement. We're measuring how someone's mental state Is identifying itself. What your identity is. I identified. A deep depression. That relegated itself. To a want for. Suicide. So my identity therefore became. Suicidal. That. Is an identity point. That is not depression. Depression was the state of depression correlated to the identity of suicide. But again, I use depression as the measurement system because we don't often talk about people stuck in a euphoric state or a a jubilation state or those types of things. In fact, if we look at, more ancient medical systems, those states were typically based on outside influence of a the spiritual nature. For someone to be in jubilation, someone to be exalted or in exhalation. That was a breaking of the mental state. It's often documented that when those types of interactions happen, spontaneous spiritual healing, of laying of hands, those types of things brought about a mental break in the individual, a mental state of cognition that they didn't understand what the hell was going on. So their mind just shut down and their body did whatever. It healed itself. It broke or got worse or they died. You know, those types of things. So there's this association with disassociation and an association of a combination between... What's the physical doing? What's the spiritual or exo body doing? What's the mind perceiving through the interaction of those two different pieces? And how is the mind working inside of those systems? That's where I think depression is a tool because it's a measurement system. You can use it to measure. Oh shit. I've been real lazy recently and um, the boxes are piling up because I keep ordering stuff off Amazon and I'm spending too much money and that's getting me down because my relationship with my cat has been kind of just, just real stressed recently. And like, you know, they got food and water and we're like staring at each other and we don't know what's going on and they won't sit on my lap anymore. And I don't know what's going on there. And then, so like I ordered pizza And then I got heartburn and then I feel bad about that. And like the snowball will go on and on and on. I know I'm making light of interactions and relationships, but that's a measurement system. So depression is just a measurement system. It can become an identity, but that identity is specific. So when people say, Oh, I'm depressed, I'd like them to look a little further because yes, The group, psychology, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Democrats, Republicans, politics, work life, home life, wherever you want to identify with the group, we'll say, oh yeah, you're depressed. Because they are using the group identification to give you an identity. Psychology as a whole is the field of study of the mind, right? That psychiatry, psychology deals with the mind. And its interactions and faculties and whatever vernacular you want to put on this. So they have an associated idea known as an upper level umbrella thing they call depression. Well, it's just a measurement of all the other minor interactions that go into creating that. Dopamine levels, serotonin levels, Cortisol levels, neuroepinephrine, the endocrine system by a whole, the nervous system as a whole, maybe blood pressure or general physical health has to do with it. Nature versus nurture, social interaction, too much fucking time on Facebook, watching stupid people on Instagram pose in front of jets, thinking that they got millions of dollars when really they just spent a grand to get someone to let them on the tarmac to take three selfies and then leave because they got to show their worth that's the reality of it by the way if you go on instagram and someone's posing by a jet they don't own the fucking jet they paid someone to take a picture in front of a jet i can do that too go down to the airport and be like hey you here's a thousand dollars give me 30 seconds in front of that jet they'd be like oh yeah fuck it come here like stupid stuff like that people used to like ask me all the time bouncer oh can i get a bouncer shoot can i take a picture be like i'm the bouncer i'm like no it's not cool shut up you're not a bouncer just because i'm a bouncer doesn't make me cool again anyway I digress. That system of measurement, again, that's what they call depression. It's a measurement tool. That's the group giving you an identity. This is the whole basis behind the idea of a hypochondriac. If the doctor tells you, you have cancer. Well, obviously you have cancer, right? if YouTube tells you, you have all the symptoms and WebMD tells you have all the symptoms, of cancer, you have cancer, right? Remember to take everything with a grain of salt here. Cancer is a serious thing, but I'm using it for effect here. Don't get triggered on the Timmy Endurance podcast. Um, that idea is an, is an identification of the group giving you an identity when in reality it needs to be the other way around. You need to be able to go to the doctor and give them a set of symptoms for them to give you a diagnosis, but to understand that just because the doctor tells you that it may not be wholly 100% accurate because if the doctor says, Oh, your cholesterol is really bad and you're sitting there and you're going, dude, I work out constantly. I eat really well. And I don't have any of these feelings you're really thinking I'm having. Maybe it's something else. Can we just look, can we just do a blood panel? Can we, you need to have that identity to be able to push back against the identifications of the groups because they might not be right for you. I'm not saying don't trust your doctor. I am saying always get a second opinion. Um, but there's harm that can be had for willful ignorance, right? Never be willfully ignorant. You can be ignorant. Just choose not to be willfully ignorant. So if you're willfully ignorant about your identity because you're just giving that association to other people to make, you've already lost the fight. You've already lost the war. It's already over. There's no coming back from it. That's You gave up. The only thing to do then, if you want to continue, is to hit reset on the game and start over. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Cause it's just easier to continue to go along with, oh, if the doctor just keeps telling me to take more pill, I just take more pills. If Facebook keeps telling me that I need to, you know, be woke, I just keep being woke. No, that's not the answer. If you look at the depths of wokeism, so I'm going to go off on a tangent here and get myself in trouble. woke wokeism is based in Marxism. They're happy to tell you that. They're actually so stupid that they tell you ahead of time, oh yeah, all our ideologies are based on Marxism and Marxism, which they don't know is this whole thing that was created by Marxist Leninist group, which was paid for by the government in which they wanted to infiltrate to disassociate the people and then get them to uprise so that they could be crushed. That's where Marxism comes from. Marxism was designed by nature by a higher group of individuals in the political scene to get the lower group of individuals, or at least how they saw it to rise up against using this idea of Marxism so that then they would have a full blown idea to be like, Oh, all of you have associated together in this group. So we all know you're the enemy now, and we can prove you're the enemy because all the shit you believe in goes against the state and the public opinion. So now we can come in and crush you by crush you. I mean, kill you with good reason. That's how Marxists came around. Remember how I like to oversimplify things? Go do your own research on that. Marxism doesn't work. And it's based on a bullshit idea. And that's what wokeism comes from. All the woke people out there, Antifa, all, all these other fucking groups are just groups that are now giving away their identity. Now they just identify as the group. And the group is typically created by an organization or an individual who wants to do something and has a certain plan. So now you've been coerced into giving away your identity and now you have to go along with the group because, well, you don't have an identity anymore, so you just have to kind of go along with things. And what you don't understand is that's all been, it's already been defined. The definition has already happened. What is the definition of definition? A statement expressing the essential nature of something. Well, the group has, a, has an essential plan and has an essential nature of being. We're going to accomplish this. So you might as well come along for the ride because that's, that's what we're here to do. But do you really believe in it? Do you really believe Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are necessary for social interaction? Do you really believe that? Do you believe being on social media is more important than educating yourself in some way or just taking better care of yourself in some way. Do you really believe that? Do you believe the time you spend on social media is more important than becoming a better person? Because I don't think social media is making you a better person. I think it's making you a better group. I think it's making you a less of an individual and more of an identification of a group of people. And then so much to go farther than that, with this whole wokeism bullshit, that whole specific idea is to create new lines. We've ran out of lines to draw that was the problem. The problem came down to the association of your identity hasn't been split up enough. People don't like to have too many choices. So what do you do? You give them more and 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 more choices. You just keep splicing things up, make the pie smaller, cut it up more and more and more and give different associations, new identifications. So that people keep splitting themselves apart. Then you run into the differentiation of, Oh, wait a minute. If I talk about identification, right? Psychological orientation of the self in regard to something, such as a person or group, with a resulting feeling of close emotional association. Close emotional association. So I'm going to identify, and I'm just using examples here. I really don't give a shit what you identify with. Just be aware of this, please. I'm going to give the association, I'm a. I'm a Democrat. Perfect. Cool. So now I'm a Democrat. Awesome. All right. Well, I am a, let's just say middle-aged. Let's say I'm a middle-aged Democrat. Actually, no, fuck that. Let's use... No, yeah. I'm a middle-aged Democrat. I'm middle class. Middle of the road stuff, right? So I'm am I'm a middle-aged Democrat, middle class. I make, uh, let's say, $60,000 a year. I'm a renter, not a homeowner. Uh, so I'm a renter. Okay, that's another association. Um, ooh, really love football. Huge fan of X team. So... I'm a Democrat who loves football. I watch X Teams games all the time. I'm an X Team fan. Um, middle age, so that's oh, oh, no. No, let's let's take it even one step farther. Not middle age. Early middle age. I'm a millennial. Late year millennial. Not an early year millennial. I'm a late year millennial who likes I'm a X fan, whatever f- team that is, whatever sport it is millennial, late millennial renter, Democrat really, really is woke. And I really believe in, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to think of extra associations. There's just so many, I really believe in going McDonald's, not Burger King. Um, but I think uh, Wendy's has better chicken nuggets And um, so I'm a a Wendy's, McDonald's person, but not a Burger King person. Um, But Taco Bell's okay too. And um, I like these TV shows, but I don't support these networks. But I'm definitely not a Fox person, I'm a CNN person. And do you see how this just continues and continues and continues? And then we get down to skin color and we get eye color and we get hair color and we get wardrobe and what kind of fashion you like and what kind of job you have and what kind of upbringing you had and who your parents were and who their parents were and who their their parents were and what your sister did to go to college and then, you know, blah, 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 association after association after association into different groups that all of a sudden entangle themselves to the point where, oh, because I'm a Democrat, I can't have Republican beliefs. Because I like McDonald's, I can never go to Burger King. Because Wendy's has better chicken nuggets. I can only get chicken nuggets at Wendy's. But on Thursdays, I really like to go to Taco Bell and blah, 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 blah. Fuck this company. Fuck that company oh, I believe this, I don't believe that because this company associates that way. Nike, just do it. Wear Nike, don't wear Puma. Blah, 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 blah. You are the product. If it came to you for free, you're the product. And you know what everyone gives away for free? Their fucking opinion. That's what they give away for free. Here you go, world. And I know, I get it. I'm doing it through this podcast. I get it. I'm being a bit hypocritical here, but sometimes hypocrites make the best judges. Everyone has an opinion they're going to give you away, give away for free, which makes you the product. You know how you can be a better product? Have an identity. Don't associate yourself with all this bullshit. Don't be woke. Fuck woke. Don't be a Republican. Fuck Republicans. Don't be a Democrat. Fuck Republican. Well, fuck Democrats. Don't don't associate have your identity and stick to it. You know what you get? Then you get the middle of the road and the middle of the road historically has always been the best option. Politics, economics law. Yes. The IRS sucks, but typically if from having been an accountant for like four years or worked for an accounting firm for four years, and done a lot of research into the IRS and how they make their laws and stuff, they're typically pretty freaking fair. It sucks. But if you really look at it and like you get into like case study and stuff like that, you're like, okay, no, that made sense. That's yeah, no, that person was definitely gaming the system to this degree. It's not the IRS that you're pissed off with. It's the fed. It's the banks and the billionaires. That's who you're all pissed off with because they're playing games. Cause you know what their association is? billionaires. So they play the game of identification as billionaires. and they get their little group and that group only gets smaller and smaller and smaller because all the billionaires want to identify as trillionaires. And it's just this game we play. But in reality, what's their identity? What is it? That person that you follow on Instagram, what's their identity? Would you actually spend time with that person? Would you? Would you spend time with all your Facebook friends? Like like every day time. Like, oh, you got to hang out with this person every day for five days after work for three hours. Would you? Or do you just like some of the funny shit they say every once in a while? Or the cool pictures they put up of their cat? I love cats. I get it. But like, the internet's full of it. I don't need Instagram and that one specific cat. Although... I mean, some of them are really cute, but you get my point. Social media is not where you need to identify yourself. In fact, you probably should just stop using it. In fact, you should stop paying attention to the mainstream media too, probably. You should spend some time not dealing with any of this and spend some time as yourself. When was the last time you got to be you? That's really my whole point to identity and definition. When was the last time you got to be you? When was the last time you even tried to be yourself or thought about who that was? Have you lost who you are? Do you not know? Great place to start looking. Once you lose it, now you can start looking for it. That's great. Rock bottom. Some of the best ground to stand on. It's rock bottom, right? Strong, supportive. Those are the ideas that get you into the depths of real self-awareness, real mental health. When you can realize mental health as a state, it's a state of being, and you have control over that by understanding the other pieces that go into it. That's the old school way of looking at health as a whole system, physical health, mental health, spiritual health. All three have to work together. When we really understand our identity, we can really understand all of the pieces in the equations. And we might not understand every individual nuance of the pieces and that's okay. But we get the, we get to understand the equation itself, right? We get to figure out, Oh, okay. I don't understand this variable. it's, we're doing algebra and I fucking hate math, but like, I don't actually hate math, but, we're doing this equation and I I really don't understand this X variable, but I get, I know the other variables, right? So I can solve for X. That's what algebra teaches you. Algebra teaches you. If you know enough of the other variables, it's pretty easy to solve for an individual variable. And thus we can make better life choices and we can get a better change trajectory and we can have a better perspective and maybe understand some of the mysteries that are out there a little bit better and how the universe really works and how I interact with it. And then I can create a system or interact with other systems to get shit done. And then I can define my own truth and I can really be truthful about who I am, what I am, how I like to be, what I like to do and be comfortable with it so that I can have my own identity. And then when you have your own identity, you can interact with anything you can get back on Facebook, get back on Instagram. (laughs) I don't care about any of this. This is great. Look at this dumbass. or, Oh, look at this amazing speaker. Who's really, you know, really helping people out and doing self-awareness stuff and doing self. I'm not talking about myself, but like doing self-help stuff or, Oh, look at this really cool educational thing. Like, like learning about personal finances, you get, a specific little bubble that can go connect itself to all the other little bubbles. And then we're no longer the amoeba in the oceans of the world. And instead, maybe we're a, maybe we're a shark. Maybe you're just one of those types of people, or maybe you're, maybe you are a school fish person. You, maybe you are just like a, one of the schooly fish. Maybe you're a swordfish. And you're just kind of rare and you're out there doing stuff, maybe you're a whale just chilling. Maybe you're, um, I I don't know that many Marine and maybe you're a dolphin. Maybe you're a. Uh, get my point. Like, you get to have an identity in the ocean, which allows you to interact with the ocean, and not so just know your place. I'm not saying like, no, know your place. Where's your home? You know, everything in the ocean has a home. The ocean as a whole, one big home, for marine animals. I don't think social media is the home. For us, Homo sapiens, for us humans, I, I don't think that's our home. It's not where we should live. We shouldn't live there. We have physical bodies. We have minds that need, they need to do things. And we have a spiritual side to us, whatever version of that you want to consider. And we need to look at them together as a whole and not just one piece anymore. And thus I identify depression as a measurement system of a group of things and not so much the all cause mortality to the mental states. That's why I think it's a tool. I think you can learn to use it. And one of the ways you can learn to use it is by again, having that identity. So ask yourself some questions. Who are you? What are you? Those types of things go back through, you know, what are the choices you're making? What change are you trying to interact in your life? What perspective are you trying to, correlate or have and how can perspective get taken away from you? Don't let that happen. What are the mysteries out there or the mystery schools or what greater pieces of knowledge do you maybe want to attain or really is there? Remember I talk about balance all the time and really how balance is duality, which is triality. And we always have to have asymmetry to create that. That's how the universe does it. What systems are available in the world that maybe you could have an identification with, but really don't identify as what are the ones you agree with and don't agree with is a great place to look at what your identity might be. You know, unfortunately politics is a good necessity there, but really get into the understanding that if you can't describe it in your own words. You don't understand it enough. You need to look at it more. Or if you can't describe yourself in your own words, I'd say you lack identity, no connotation, There's nothing wrong with this. It's okay to be that way. It's completely okay not to have an identity. In fact, maybe it's a blank slate that you get to create your own identity. That's a great place to be. It's really hard to come from an identity that's rooted in bullshit from your family and your upbringing and that one time somebody fucking spilled milk on you and it looked like you wet your pants and then like everybody made fun of you at school and then you became this closed off person because that's how you identified with the group. It's really hard to change that. So if you don't have an identity, maybe... Maybe that's a boon. Maybe you need to look at that as like, Ooh, blank slate here. People let's make shit happen. You got to look at it. That's self-awareness. That's mental health. That's taming hindrances, taming all these things, being aware. So I encourage you to go do those things. And as we wrap up here, I want to finish off one more time. We talked about definition at the beginning and the definition of identity. So Full definition of that definition. One of them from Merriam-Webster's dictionary: a statement expressing the essential nature of something. What is your essential nature? How do you express it? What would be a good statement to define that? Identity: the distinguishing character or personality of an individual. What's your what's your personality like? What do you want it to be like? Can you change it? Do you want to change it? Identification. The dangerous piece, right? Psychological orientation of the self in regard to something, such as a person or a group, with a resulting feeling of close emotional association. What identifications are you allowing to be placed upon you that are changing your identity? How are they changing your identity? Are you okay with that? And do you need to disassociate yourself from that for a while or completely to better understand yourself or to better yourself? Lastly, individuality. Total character peculiar to and distinguishing an individual from others, known as your personality. Do of that what you will. Make some inquiries to yourself and your mind. Take some time. Turn off social media. Stop using it for a whole fucking week if you can twenty four hours if you, if you if you have to great your next day off, don't pick it up, don't look at it. Take yourself away from the identification of the group, learn what your identity is, and then go forth as you. take care. Thanks for listening. come check us out at taminghindrances.com dot com for show notes, links, resources, and more also. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, or your preferred platform. If you leave us a spiffy review, we might just mention it on the show. But go be awesome. And just remember to breathe.